If you weren't here last Sunday, what I had shown out of the Scripture, and I shown the Scripture, you have a court date coming. First off, you need to know this morning, you have a court date coming. Secondly, in this court date, this judgment coming, who's going to be your judge? God will be your judge. And we found out that the Lord is a righteous judge. He's not the kind of judge you can bribe off. He's not the kind of judge that you can talk your way out of something. He's not the kind of judge that you can, you can put some money up under the table and he'll give you, he'll give you a different kind, of, uh, different kind of ruling. He's a righteous judge. We found out that what you'll be judged on is you'll be judged on everything you've ever done, Every idle word you've ever said, Amen. and every secret thing you have hidden. <laughs> now, I'll be honest with you. That covers a lot of ground right there. Amen. Everything you've ever done, everything you've, every idle, idle word you've ever said, and every secret thing you have hidden in closets you don't want anybody to find out about. That's a scary thought. That's what you're going to be judged on. So when you come to this courtroom, and you, we, we found this out. Okay, here, we're in judgment. We're coming to this courtroom. Now we're in the courtroom. We're, we go in before this judge. We're in the courtroom. We're going to find out, according to these verses, who's your prosecuting attorney? Who's in the courtroom that's a prosecuting attorney against you? Look back at verse 1 in Zechariah chapter 3, verse 1. And he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. Friends, Satan will be the prosecuting attorney when you come before this courtroom. God will be your judge, and across the room will be the prosecuting attorney will be Satan himself. That should scare you. Satan is not somebody, little boo guy. You go, oh, boo, it's Satan. Oh, we, they, they talk, they, people brag about stuff like, well, I would punch Satan in the face. Guys, you don't understand. Satan is one of the wisest beings God ever created. He's one of the, he's so subtle. He's a murderer from the beginning. He's a liar and the father of lies. He's got everything figured out. He's, he's ten times smarter than you. He's been around the world ten times longer than you. And he's out to kill you. That's who's going to be your prosecuting attorney. That's what scare you. Because we, we're already doomed. We're already condemned when we walk in this courtroom. We already know, man, this judge knows everything about me. There's no way I can slide through here. And you get before this judge and you know all the sins you've done, all the idle words you've said, all the secret things you have hidden. And you get into this courtroom, you look at this judge that knows all, that's seen all, that's recorded all. And you stand before him, and you're already, your knees are already smoking together because you're scared. And you look over there, and there's Satan himself. And he's there, and he's going to make sure you go to hell. He's going to be the prosecuting attorney. Look at verse 2. And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan. Even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? So what's going on here is Satan has said something. And Satan says, I object. Just like any lawyer would do in a courtroom setting, that somebody says something in the courtroom and Satan stands up as a prosecuting attorney and says, Judge, I object. I object. And the judge says, overruled. Overruled. This is a brand plucked out of the fire. Guys, we're brands plucked out of a fire. We were this close to going to hell. We were this close. We could smell hell on our clothes. We were this close before Jesus Christ got a hold of us and we got saved. We were this close. You're just a moment from dying. Amen. If you're in here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're just a moment from dying. You could die before you walk out this church. You could die after you walk out this church. You could die tonight. You, nobody knows when the Lord's going to pull their number. You're, you're, if you're in here and you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're a brand plucked out of a fire. Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments. That's us, Amen. 
We're filthy. We're rotten. We're sorry. We can't clean ourselves up. Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. And that he answered and spake unto those that stood before him, saying, Take away, this is the judge, take away the filthy garments from him. And unto him he said, Behold, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with change of raiment. Oh, praise the Lord. He said, Here's this guy standing before me. He's filthy. He's got filthy clothes on. I'm telling you, take those clothes off. Put some clean clothes on him. I'm going to get rid of his iniquity. I'm going to cleanse him. I'm going to wash him. He's a brand plucked out of the fire. And Satan the whole time is saying, I object. I object. He's filthy. I know what he's done. I've seen what he's done. I object. That's your prosecuting attorney. And you're standing there and you're all by yourself. And he's saying, there's filthy clothes on this guy. Satan said, you can't, you can't forgive him. He's full of iniquity. I know what he's done, judge. In verse 5, I said, let them set a fair mitre upon his hand. We call that like a crown. So they set a fair mitre upon his head and clothed him with garments. And the angel of the Lord stood by. Praise the Lord. So here's he in this courtroom and he's getting cleansed up. He's getting, he's getting found righteous in this courtroom. But I'm here to show you these verses, show you that Satan's there. Satan's there standing on the right hand trying to resist him. Trying to, I object, he don't deserve to go to heaven. I know what he's done. Look at Revelation chapter 12. Look at Revelation chapter 12, my friend. I'm going to show you some verses this morning to show you what's going on in this courtroom. Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. We have a court date coming. There's a court date coming. It's appointed on a man once to die, then the judgment. Now, I showed you that all last week, and we're not going, I don't, for time's sake, we're not, excuse me, not going to go, by, go back over all of that. But I'm here to tell you, the Bible says, beyond a shadow of a doubt, there's a payday someday. There is a payday someday. There's other verses in the Bible where God tells, tells Israel, be sure, be sure your sin will find you out. That's a scary verse. Those should scare you. But I'm here to give you some good news. Last week, my sermon was about 99% negative, amen? Because, <laughs> you know, you start saying, all those secret things I've ever done, all those, all those idle words I've ever said, you start thinking about this court date, and it gets kind of negative. But see, you've got to know the negative before you can appreciate the positive. You've got to go through the bad before you can appreciate the good. That's what's wrong with America. We're spoiled from the womb. We're spoiled rotten. None of us in here worried about shoes. None of us worried about clothes. We're born, we're born into, we think we're born into poverty, but everybody has shoes, everybody has clothes, everybody has a place they know they can go get something to eat. Even somebody living under a bridge has a place to go get clothes, has a place to go get something to eat. We're living in a blessed country that's blessed because it's a Christian country. I don't care what anybody says. The Christians have blessed this country. And as Americans, we're spoiled rotten. We don't know what it is to be poor. We don't know we're, we're spoiled. We have no idea. Look at Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. Look up, at, look up at verse 7 to get the context. I want to show you the context of this. This is a war that breaks out in heaven in the middle of the tribulation period, and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels. So the devil's there, and he's fighting Michael the archangel, and he has his angels, and Michael has his angels. And, and verse 8, and prevail not, Satan prevailed not, neither was there place found any more in heaven. Where's Satan at right there? He's not in hell. He's up in heaven. Look at verse 9. And the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. You've been deceived, my friend. If you think you don't have a court date coming, the devil has deceived you. 
He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Now, this is going to happen in the tribulation period. But I want you to notice what the very next verse says. Read it with me. Verse 10. Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. Why? For the accuser of our brethren is cast down. Which what? Which accused them before our God day and night. You know what Satan's doing? Where's Satan at? He's up in heaven. See that preacher down there? His name's Keegan. I know what he did. I know what he did. I know what goes through his mind. And he's accusing me before that great judge, God. He's my prosecuting attorney. And he's accusing me. What did it say he's doing? He's accuser of our brethren. Those are Christians. Which accused them before our God day and night. You know, Satan, when he's not up there accusing us, he's got somebody else up there representing him. Every good lawyer's got partners in his law firm, amen? If he can't make the court date, he gets somebody else up there. So you got different, yeah, Satan's got all his minions up there, and they're before God, date night, accusing each one of y'all what y'all done. He's seen what you've done. He's accusing God. See, I thought he was a Christian, and look what he's doing. I thought she was a Christian. Look what she just said. We're being accused before God. What? How long? Day and night. Last night you finally got to bed and you laid your head down on your pillow and you finally fell asleep and you think everything's okay and all night long you're being accused before God. Man, what a, that's a sombering thought. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says, Satan, as your adversary, as a roaring lion seeking whom he can may devour. Satan's going about seeking who he can devour. He's your adversary, guys. Amen. He's your adversary. He's your prosecuting attorney. You've got somebody that's against you. <laughs> that should scare you. If I was to call you outside of church, they'd say, hey, man, I, I need to tell you something. And you'd be like, oh, well, I'm going to tell you something. You know that really, really powerful lawyer that wins all his cases? You'd be like, yeah, well, I heard he's out to sue you. <laughs> and he's out to get you. And he's going to sue you. Y'all would faint. <laughs> oh, oh, what, what am I going to do? What am I going to do, Brother Keegan? The next thing I'd tell you is I'd tell you this. You need to get you a good lawyer. <laughs> Amen? Amen? You need to get you a good lawyer. Turn to 1 Samuel chapter 2. 1 Samuel chapter 2. So I prove to you, I hope beyond a shadow of a doubt, you've got a prosecuting attorney who's trying to convict you. Turn to 1 Samuel chapter 2. Way back in the Old Testament. 1 Samuel chapter 2 verse 25. I think I proved to you beyond a shadow of a doubt you've got a court date coming and your prosecuting attorney in this court date is going to be Satan himself. You've got a high-powered lawyer that's out to destroy you. Does that not scare you? <laughs> it should scare you. You already Listen, guys, you already have doomed yourself. You already know how wicked you are, amen. You are, everybody underneath the sound of my voice is a sinner. And then to know, okay, I'm already in trouble, I'm already condemned, and I've got this Yahoo named Satan after me to try to condemn me, try to get me thrown in prison, try to get me thrown in hell forever. Yeah, that's what he's out to do. He's out to get you. I don't know if any of y'all have served on a jury duty. For whatever reason, somebody, some wicked person put my name in that pool, and I get pulled all the time for jury duty. Is anybody, anybody in here ever served on a U.S. District Court for jury duty? There's one, there's two, there's three. Somebody, U.S. District Court, well, some of y'all are the lucky ones. I've, I'm about to have to serve on a U.S. District Court in San Angelo, Texas. 
Drive all the way to San Angelo, Texas to serve on the U.S. districts. But when I was in jury duty, what they'll do is when you get in jury duty, they, they weed out the people, go up before the judge, say, I can't do this because of my mom. I got to, you know, they always have all these excuses. I got to go home and take care of my dog or whatever, you know. And the judge's like, nope, you can't get away. You can't get away. So when they get all that, they get all, they get all of us back in there, amen. And then they get the lawyers and all the lawyers come in. And they say, okay, we want to tell you what the case is about. We're not going to try the case in front of you, but we want you to sit there. We're going to tell you what this case is about. And what they did, they tell us, well, there was a woman, she was driving in a city, like a city truck come and hit this woman, T-boned her, and now we are suing the city for, what he, for the damages to this woman. So they tell you, that's the basic of the court. Now and then they say this. All this is called a void deer. A void deer. So they, they come in there, the lawyers do that, and then they come down and they have all the jury. Now, we don't, these are just prospective jurors. And they'll say, okay, this, this, ju- this, court is, this, this case is about... The city of Brownwood. Is there anybody in here who works for the city of Brownwood? And then you'd wave your hand. Yeah, I've worked for the city of Brownwood. I do. Does anybody have family that works for the city of Brownwood? And people wave. So what they do is they're trying to weed out people they don't want to be on the jury. Because they want to make sure they get a good juror. A good juror that will be for their case. So each lawyer stands up and says, okay, well, has anybody in here been in a real bad wreck before and been sued before? And then somebody raised their hand. So they try to get, they try to find out who's, if you've been on, if you work for the city of Brownwood, they don't want you on the jury because you're not partial, amen. You see what I'm saying with this? So that's what they would do. Well, this guy, this real slicked up, I mean, he had a $3,000 suit. I wonder where this guy came from. Big old, like a black hair, slick back. This, I mean, super handsome looking. It looked like he came straight from Hollywood. $3,000 loss. He's a lawyer. He's standing up, he's standing about this tall, sucking in his gut the whole time, you know, going around. I want to talk to y'all guys about all this. And, and I was thinking in the back of my mind back there, I said, that's a sleaze bag. <laughs> and when I think about this Satan being our prosecutor, I thought about this guy, how sleazy he was. And he was so sleazy acting, you know. And then, and then the judge, that, 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 that lawyer says, well, is there anybody under the sound of my voice that would, uh, would not be able to be a partial juror in this case? You know, he's talking like that. And this Spanish guy in the back raises his hand. <laughs> And he goes, oh, sir, and the Spanish guy stands up and he goes, well, I'm going to tell you something right now. I don't like you, and anything you're for, I'm against. <laughs> Just like that. And that guy, being a lawyer, he don't even blink an eye. He goes, well, I appreciate your honesty, sir. You can sit down, you know. And everybody starts laughing, you know. Well, he's being honest. You're a sleazebag, and I don't care what you're, I'm against whatever you're for. Guys, that's Satan. He's a sleazebag. He's a murderer. He's a liar. That's who's after you. 1 Samuel chapter 2, look at verse 25. If one man sin against another, the judge shall judge him. If y'all go to a court case here on earth, you're going to have a judge before you, and this judge is just like me and you, amen? This judge don't know the truth. He's just a judge. He puts his pants on just like me and you. But notice, if one man sin against another, the judge shall judge him. But if a man sin against the Lord, who shall entreat for him? Oh, good question. But if you sin against God, if you do something against God, who's going to stand for you? You understand what I'm saying? It, it, what the Bible's saying there is when you sin against God, you're going to stand before God as your judge. Who's going to stand with you? It can't be another man. This judge is, this judge is what? He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. You're not going to fool this judge. You're not going to win a case against this judge, amen. He's too smart. It's God. You, you understand what the Word of God is telling you there? You're in trouble. You've got your own sins you're going to stand for. You're standing for the most righteous judge, the most knowing judge, a judge that's seen it all, that knows it all, that's recorded it all. Does the Bible say he's recorded every hair on your head? 
I guarantee you, He's recorded every sin you've done. So He's recorded it all. You, you, all that stuff, you stand for this, and then here comes a slicked up, evil, lying, murderer, lawyer come in there and say, <laughs> you're doomed. You're doomed. Point right at you. You're in trouble. Satan is after you. So if I pulled you outside the church and say, hey, come here, man, there's a slicked up lawyer. Man, he's never lost a case. This guy's as wise and evil as I've ever seen. He's, well, he's, he's got his hair slicked back. This evil lawyer's after you. He's out to sue you. He's out to destroy you. The first thing you would say is, oh, what am I going to do? And I would say to you, you need to get a good lawyer. Amen. Amen. You need a good lawyer. Can I recommend my lawyer? That's what I would say. I would say to you, well, let me tell you about a good lawyer I know. He's been supporting me since, about, since I was about 17 years old. His name is Jesus Christ. Amen. Turn to 1 John. Turn to 1 John chapter 2. Can I recommend my lawyer to you? You need a good lawyer. I've shown you that you're in a court battle. I've shown you that you're doomed. If you have any kind of sense about you, you know you're doomed before this, in this courtroom. You're doomed standing before God. And you got a slicked up, lawyer, a slicked up lawyer like Satan after you. Can I recommend to you my lawyer? My lawyer's name is Jesus Christ. Look at 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. My little children. This is, this is John writing. My little children, these things write unto you that ye sin not. We shouldn't sin, amen. But, but, and if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ the righteous. Amen. That's our lawyer, Jesus Christ. If you have an adversary named Satan, I'm here to tell you, you can get an advocate, Jesus Christ. See, that's what this is about. This adversary is a prosecuting attorney. This advocate is a, what what the advocate means is somebody stands for you. He's a lawyer that's standing for you in this court case. You need a good lawyer. This lawyer I'm talking about is not like a lot of lawyers y'all know. (laughs) Uh, I'll be honest with you. There's not a lot of good things you can say about earthly lawyers. Amen? Amen. They say about lawyers, the only difference between a lawyer and a trampoline is you take your shoes off before you jump on a trampoline. (laughs) Amen? What's the difference between a female lawyer and a pit bull? The lipstick. (laughs) What do you call 25 attorneys buried up to their chins in cement? Not enough cement. (laughs) <laughs> some of these some of these are a little black humor but that's kind of humor I like y'all gonna have to live with that what's the difference between a mosquito and a lawyer one is a blood sucking parasite the other is an insect what do you do to what, what, do you do, what do you throw to a drowning lawyer well you throw his partners see how I can tell you all these jokes because I don't think there's a lawyer one underneath the sound of my voice right now <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's good to be in an old Baptist church out in the country. Praise the Lord. Because if I was like at First Baptist Church in Brownwood, half of them people would be lawyers. Would be half of them would be mad at me. And you know what? I'd be mad at them too for being lawyers. No. There's some good lawyers out there. If you find one, call me. But there are some. This is my favorite one. Only us country guys will understand this one. What do you call 25 skydiving lawyers? Skeet. If y'all don't get that one, he's coming out of church. I'll say, it's you call him Skeet. How many lawyer jokes are there? Well, there's only three. The rest of them are true stories. So, <laughs> hey, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So uh, you need somebody to represent you, and you need a good lawyer. 
You know, the worst thing you could do, guys, my friends, the worst thing you could do is try to represent yourself. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people are trying to do, see. They think they'll represent themselves. They'll say, I don't need Jesus Christ. I, 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 even if I stand before God, God's going to take all my good, and he's going to weigh it against all my bad, and then he'll put that on a scale, and then it, hopefully my good will outweigh my bad. And then No, 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 friend. Yeah, that's not how God judges. God judges all. He's going to judge you against the righteousness of Jesus Christ. See, this is a judge that says, you one sin, when you've done one thing to break the law, you broke them all. You can be the best person in the world. You can be the best person in the world. You could have, and this has happened a lot in people's lives. You can be the best person in the world. You could have done so much for the community. You could have gave millions of dollars to the community, but it just takes one mess up, and you'll go to jail the rest of your life. When you can stand before that judge, and you say, Judge, he's done this, and he's done that. Yeah, but he has also done this, and that means he's sentenced to a righteous judge. will drop the gavel, and he says, You're sentenced for the rest of your life because you're a murderer, whatever it is you've done. That one sin will send you. And so many people are going to try to represent themselves and going to try to stand before God and think they're going to talk the way out of this. And God's going to use your own words against you. That's what the Bible says. He's going to use your own words against you. And you're, you're, going, you're going to try to self-justify yourself. You're going to try to talk yourself out and say, well, I didn't know. I didn't understand. Yeah, you knew. I sent that preacher by. I sent the Word of God by. I sent the TV by. I sent the radio by. I preached at you. I did. I, remember that person that told you? Remember your grandmother told you? Remember your mom told you? That teacher told you? God sends people by your way to tell you how to get saved. You have no excuse. People say, oh, what about those people out in Africa? What about those people way back in the boonies? Let me tell you something. I'm offering you, I'm offering you salvation in Jesus Christ. It's like a doctor call, coming in, calling you in the office and says, hey, I got some bad news for you. You got cancer and you're going to die. You would just freak out. Say, yeah, you, you got, you're going to die. In six months, you're going to die. But I've got this shot, and let me give you this shot. And if I give this shot to you, it'll cure you, and you'll have to ever worry about it again. You wouldn't say, oh, doctor, well, what about all the people who have cancer over in Africa? No, you wouldn't. You'd say, hey, give me that shot. Right now. <laughs> I, I, you worry about them people later on. You get the shot right now. Amen? Well, amen. You get the shot right now. You don't worry. When somebody tells you you're going to die of cancer, they can give you a shot to cure you. You wouldn't be asking about the people in Africa. You'd be saying, give me the shot right now. And then after I get the shot, I'll worry about the people over in Africa. To represent yourself is foolish. I was reading a story about this guy that was going to represent himself in the court, and he had stole this woman's purse. Well, they put the woman up on the, up on the stand, and they're asking her questions, and he says, uh, he says, Your Honor, I want to ask her a question. And he walks over there, and he, he walks over to where she's standing, and he goes, Now, let me ask you this. He goes, When I was stealing your purse, did you see my face? Hmm, <laughs> <laughs> didn't last very long, did he? That's how stupid we are. Our own words are going to convict us, guys. You're going to stand before God. I didn't know it was wrong to steal. I didn't know what was wrong to steal. I didn't know anything about the Ten Commandments. I never read the Bible. I didn't know what was wrong to steal. And God's going to say, open the books. Remember on this certain, certain date you said you hate people that steal, that you don't like thieves, and you don't remember when you were... The Bible says every mouth will be stopped before God. These people stand all nose in the air, so intelligent, think they're going to talk their way out. You're not going to talk. You're doomed. But I've got a lawyer to help you out. His name is Jesus Christ. Look at John chapter 3. Go back to the Gospel of John chapter 3. We're going to look at this lawyer. There's some special things about this lawyer. Look at John chapter 3 verse 16. Y'all know the verses. But if you've got your Bible, turn to it. It's good to read it. John chapter 3 verse 16. Turn to it. 
So I've got a lawyer I want to recommend to you. And there's something special about this lawyer that I'm recommending to you. And the reason why I'm recommending this lawyer named Jesus Christ, because this lawyer I'm recommending to you, there's something really special about him. He's 100%. He's never lost a case. It's amazing. This lawyer has never lost a case for 2,000 years, my friend. He's a lawyer that's never lost a case. But here's the main thing about this lawyer you need to understand. This lawyer is... F-R-E-E. F-R-E-E. This lawyer is free of charge. Praise the Lord. Guys, you, you should understand this concept. You're innocent in America until proven broke. Ask O.J. Simpson that. When you've got a million dollars, you've got a couple of million dollars, man, you can be the most innocent man. But as soon as the lawyers, you, the lawyers suck all the money off of you, you're going to be proven guilty. Because you won't have the good lawyers to pay. You need money to pay for those lawyers. This lawyer's free. Look at John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. This is a lawyer you need to call on, my friends. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world. He's not a judge but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus Christ didn't come into the world as a judge. Jesus Christ came into the world the first time as what? He came into the world as a defense lawyer. He came into the world as a savior. He came into the world as your advocate. And God sent him to you. You see where I'm going with this? This lawyer God has given you is a court-appointed lawyer. You stand before God, you say, God, I'm I'm broke. I don't have any money. I have nothing to stand on. I have no money to pay for a lawyer. And look at that slick lawyer over there. He's wearing a $3,000 suit. I'm doomed. And the judge says, I will give you a court-appointed lawyer. His name is Jesus. Praise God. Look at this Jesus says in verse 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned. Do you want to get out of this condemnation? He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. Why is he condemned already? Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Amen. Put it in, in English, maybe in some words maybe you can understand. This, uh, this lawyer is free, and if you don't take this lawyer, that's the reason why you're going to go to hell. It's a court-appointed lawyer, and if you don't take this court-appointed lawyer, you're condemned already. You have no choice. He, God's going to judge you, and he's going to condemn you. But if you'll put your faith in Jesus Christ, put your faith in this lawyer I'm giving you and telling you about, he will get you out of it. Amen. He's never lost a case. 2,000 years. It's an impossible case, guys. You're, you're giving Jesus an impossible case. Look at Revelation chapter 12 again. Let's go back to Revelation chapter 12. I want to show you a few more things. This is, an important, this is important to know. Go back to Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12, look at verse 10. You know, you're accuser before the brethren, day and night. But look at verse 11. How'd they overcome him? But they overcame him, overcame this persecuting lawyer, by the blood of the Lamb, that's Jesus Christ, and by the word of their testimony, they love not their lives unto the death. There's a way to overcome this judgment. There's a way to overcome this prosecuting attorney, this Satan. There's a way to overcome your adversary. And the way you overcame him, they overcame him is by the blood of the Lamb. It's a blood that pays for your sins. It's a blood that's going to get you out of this court date. So you need the blood of Jesus Christ, and you need the word of your testimony. 
Turn to Romans chapter 5, please. Turn to Romans chapter 5. Back in Romans chapter 5, and we're going to be in Romans, and then we'll close. I'm showing you this different verses because I want to show it to you out of the Bible. I don't want you just to say, well, that's just Brother Keegan's opinion. Turn to Romans chapter 5, verse 1. I don't want you to go out here and say, well, that's just what Brother Keegan believes. No, this is what the Bible teaches. I'm showing you that Jesus Christ is your Savior, and you're going to a court date, and you need him as a defense lawyer. <laughs> you need him bad. There's only one way to win this impossible case. It's through the blood of Jesus Christ and the word of your testimony. Look at Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Oh, amen. Okay, understand, when, when Paul's writing this book of Romans, he's using legal terms here. Justification. We, you, don't know, you don't use that word every day. Nobody goes around saying, oh, they're justified. They're, they're, that's a legal term, guys. And that legal term is it's just if you had never done it. In a legal term, it's like you stand before God and the prosecuting attorney, Satan, says, I've got it written right here where Keegan did this. i got it written right here where Keegan was saying this. He's got these secret sins he don't want nobody to know about. I know all about it. And God's going to say, Keegan is justified. He's, it's like he's never done it. Well, how do you get that justification from God? You're justified by faith. So this justification comes by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. Skip down to verse, uh, skip down to verse uh, 6. For when we were yet without strength, man, you had no hope. In due time, Christ died for the righteous, for the good people. He died for the ungodly. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Maybe y'all are in here and you say, well, I'm not ungodly. Well, I'm ungodly and I appreciate that verse. Amen. For, since, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us and that... Look, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Woo! He's saying right there, Paul's saying, you know what? It wasn't when you were doing good. It wasn't when you were really a good person and righteous. It was when you were a sinner. That's when God died for you. That's when Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. It's when you need him. It's when you have that court date. It's when you're going before the judge. It's no good to have a lawyer if you won't show up to the court date. And there's some lawyers in Brownwood that won't show up for court dates. You go to, go to court and you stand before the judge and the judge's like, where's your lawyer? Well, I, I paid for him. I don't know where he's at. That happens all the time, guys. Jesus Christ is not that kind of sorry lawyer that I was telling jokes about. He's a good lawyer. Look at verse 9. Much more than being now, look at that legal term, justified. Just if you'd never done it. Justified by his blood. We shall be saved from wrath through him. The wrath of judgment, the wrath of God, the wrath of hell. We're saved through the blood of Jesus Christ. And God takes that blood of Jesus Christ, he places it on you. And what he's basically saying is, here's a sinner and he's standing before me. He deserves to go to hell. He deserves to die. And Jesus Christ says, I did die for him. I did go to hell for him. I paid the price. The blood's been put on him. It's been paid. And the judge says, hey, that price has already been paid. He drops the gavel. He said, that guy's justified. Amen. This used to happen all the time where somebody would come up and they'd be put to death. And they'd say, oh, this guy needs to be hung. And somebody would show up and say, I'll, I'll, I'll go in his place. And we'd take that guy. And instead of hanging that one guy, that guy said, I'll go hang in his place. And the, and the law would have to say, since a guy's willing to die for him, he will take his place, and the other guy gets to go free. Now, that's pretty rare, but it's happened. 
That's what happened here with Jesus Christ, guys. That's why he, it's not enough, God. It's not enough for Jesus Christ to come on the earth and start healing people and start telling us some parables and to start doing these good works. on That wasn't enough. He had to go to the cross to die for mine and your sins. In a legal sense, it was necessary. It was, you had to be justified, not by, his, not by his good works, not by his healing. You're justified by his blood. That's why Revelation 12, 11 says, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Amen. Whew. But it's another thing you need. That blood of the lamb's there. That court-appointed lawyer is there. But you've got to receive him. Amen. Look, look, okay. I'm going to show you some of these verses. Look down at verse 15. And then we'll get out of here. Look at verse 15. Chapter 5, verse 15 of Romans. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. What kind of gift is that? It's a free gift. You read that with me? Okay. For if through the offense of one, many be dead. Who's that one right there? Adam. Because Adam sinned years and years ago, you're a sinner today and you're condemned. Remember, Jesus said you're condemned already. Okay, I'm showing you the Bible, what it says. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift, there's a gift, the gift by grace, which is by one man, only one man, not Buddha, not Muhammad, one man, Jesus Christ hath abounded unto many. So you have one man died for your, one man committed this sin, and now we're all going to go to hell. Now this one man, he lived a righteous life, now we can all go to heaven. It's not fair that you, you were inherited sin through your father. That's not fair. But it's also not fair that God would allow one man to live your life and you can get into that one man. If you're in Adam this morning, you have your first birth, you're going to go to hell. If you can receive Jesus Christ and get born again and get that second birth, you'll be in Jesus Christ, you'll get to go to heaven. Amen. For one birth, you're going to go to hell. Two births, you're going to go to heaven. You must be born again. Verse 16, and not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation. That one sin caused all of us to be condemned. Okay, that one sin. He ate off that tree, that one sin. But look, but the free gift, no, what kind of gift is that? The free gift is of many offenses unto what? Justification. It means that because one sin was what brought sin into one sin, the apple was what brought sin into the world. It's these many sins that Jesus Christ is covering unto what? Justification, just if you'd never done it. Amen. And y'all got to grab a hold of this stuff. This is good stuff. Verse 17, for if by one man's offense death reigned by one, that's Adam, we're all going to die, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. So one man's, one man's offense, Adam, brought all this death in the world. One man's righteousness, Jesus Christ, is put onto you. And you, you, if you're standing before God without Jesus Christ, you've got Adam's righteousness. That's sin that's going to send you to hell. If you stand before God and you're in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, man, you're going straight into heaven. You've been justified. It's like you've never done it. The blood is covering you, and the price has already been paid. God said in the Exodus, he says, I want you to take that lamb. We have overcome him by the blood of the lamb. God said, in Exodus, I want you to take that lamb, kill that lamb, put that blood on the top of the door, on the side post. He goes, and then I want you to get in that door. And he said, when I come by, the death angel comes by, he says, I'll see that blood and it'll be a token and death's already been there and I'll pass over you. 
Just get in the door. Get in the door. What if you're a hooker? Get in the door. What if you're a murderer? Get in the door. I don't care what you've done. Get in the door. The blood has been paid. I'll pass over you. That's how Jesus Christ is going to save you. It's by His blood, not by your works. You already worked your way to hell. He's going to save you by His precious blood being put on you. That's what these verses are telling you. Verse 18, Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment, that's that judgment day, came upon all men to condemnation. You see, that sums up everything I've been preaching for two Sundays. Therefore, as by, one, by, uh, by the offense of one, that's Adam, Judgment came upon all men on the sound of my voice to condemnation. You're condemned already. Even so, though, by the righteousness of one, that's Jesus Christ, the free gift came upon all men under justification of life. Amen. Man, that's beautiful. God, God, those are beautiful. Go home and read that. Read it and read it again. That's justification. That's the blood of the Lamb. That's what God's doing for you. Praise the Lord. He's done it. You've got to receive it. A free gift can be offered and not received. Man, how many times I've seen people want to give something to somebody and this, I don't want that. I know this woman that was uh, against her mom and her and her mom had been fighting for years and years and years. And her mom had made this beautiful, beautiful blanket. And it was beautiful. As a love offering to her daughter, because her daughter had had a baby, and she wanted to get close to her grandbaby, and that daughter wouldn't let her mom, which would be the grandmother, get near that grandbaby. Wouldn't have nothing to do with her. Wouldn't have nothing to do with her mom, because her mom had done some bad things in the first of their life, and that girl would never forgive her. And I was there when that mom showed up, and she had that beautiful blanket. And she says, I, I, I just want to give this to the baby. I just want this baby to have it. Get away from me. I don't want to have nothing to do with you. What a beautiful free gift, and it wouldn't be received. Guys, you need to receive this free gift. It's not enough. The blood of the Lamb will cover anybody's sins. But you've got to overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and, notice, and the word of their testimony. Amen. Turn to Romans chapter 10. It's important. Turn to Romans 10, and we're closing, guys, I promise. Romans chapter 10, verse 9. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. But look at Romans chapter 10, verse 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. The judge is here this morning, through the Holy Spirit, and he's speaking to your heart. You're condemned. You're unrighteous. You're going to stand before me in judgment. But I've got a court-appointed lawyer named Jesus Christ that will get you out of it. Do you want this court-appointed lawyer? Now the ball's in your court. You're standing before the judge. You must say, yes, I do receive Jesus Christ as my court-appointed lawyer. Or you can do like so many in the world and say, no, I don't want him. I'll go my own way. I'll find my own way. I'll represent myself. It's a sad thing to think somebody would do that. But there's millions of people in the world going to hell because they will not receive the court-appointed lawyer. God's done it all. And they won't receive it. All you need to do is confess Him. For verse 10 says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. 
Why is it the word of the testimony? Why is it the word of the testimony? Because you know what happens is your mouth shows where your heart's at. If you've got to believe in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead, and you've got to believe in Jesus Christ as your appointed lawyer, you've got to believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your mouth is going to show where your heart's at. Amen. Man, if you love a woman, you'll say, I love you. Amen. And that's what every woman wants to hear, her man to say, hey, with his mouth, I love you. You've got to say, I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Verse 13, for whosoever, it don't matter who you are, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. You're going to stand before God and all of your dirty, nasty righteousness that's going to be so filthy, those filthy rags like Joshua. You're going to stand before God and God's going to say, what do you got to say? And you're going to say, I don't have to say anything. I'm going to get my lawyer speak for me. My lawyer, Jesus Christ. He's my advocate. I'll say nothing because I am condemned. And I stand before you with my lawyer at my right hand. You'll never lose a case. You'll never lose a case with Jesus Christ as your lawyer. Amen. And it's all because of that precious blood. You're getting accused right now before God. Do you have Jesus Christ? I pray you do. And if you don't, come on down the aisle and receive Him. And He will be your lawyer. Not just today. He'll be your lawyer forever. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing because I bowed my head knowing I'm a sinner and asked him to save me. And he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. Now we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time. Casting all your care upon him.